What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Talk To Me Bestie podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Ivy. We hope you guys are having a great start to your week. We're actually recording this on a Friday, so we just finished work. We are so happy to Thank be done. God. <laughs> Literally, I have a little drink here with me. I'm like, we are starting off with the um. night good. <laughs> I was like, is it okay if I have a drink while you record? And if I do yoga after, but I'm like, whatever, it's fine. It's good. I mean, I just had a limoncello LaCroix, which is my new favorite flavor. So mm-hmm. it's just been a good little Friday besides work, but you know. After work, we're good. I was like, I realized last night that the new season of Housewives of Beverly Hills is on Peacock. Uh-huh. And I haven't been keeping up because I didn't have like Hulu or whatever and I'm so happy so I watched like one episode last night and then I went back to the morning toast and listened to the recap and so I'm like gonna watch a ton of them tonight and then I'm gonna start Dubai yes that's what I wanted to ask you about because I saw some clips and it just looks like they're bringing it like one yeah one girl the clip I saw on Twitter was like her saying I'm that bitch and like three languages and like Mm. that's what like sold me I was like okay time (laughs) oh yeah no 100% I'm excited we should watch it this weekend and recap for next week yes um but yeah and I there's a new housewife on Beverly Hills and I wasn't expecting to like her but in the first episode I'm like okay what's her name Diana and she's now the most the highest net worth of any housewife in any franchise. By herself or was she, was she married? So she was married. And so she was saying, like, she grew up in a country in Europe and there was, like, war broke out. So she moved to London, had no money for 10 years. She was, like, cleaning toilets just to get by. Met this guy. And then in their divorce, he gave her $250 million. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it was, like, super amicable. He was like, no, just take it. Like, whatever. Oh wow! I mean, I don't wish for divorce, but like just gifting two fifty. That's insane. That's crazy. What a so I'm interested to see her. I I want to be like what a blessing, but it's like ah, you still got divorced. (laughs) Yeah, but she like has a fiance now and a new baby, and like she seems to be living. Okay, okay, love that for Mm her. Okay, so the other day at work, my AirPods just like stopped turning on. Uh oh. And I need to, like, actually spend time and see what's wrong with them. But I've been wearing Seth's AirPods, and he has the pros. Mm -hmm. I hate them. Why? Like, I wear them to record, and that's fine because they're helpful for that. But I feel like one of my coworkers said this. I feel like my head is going to (gasps) explode. Okay. I can see that. When I wear them. Yeah. And, like, they're so – even without the noise canceling, I feel like I don't know what's going on around me. And I feel like I live in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, much less I ate a chip with them in. I was like, no. <laughs> this is literally the end of me. I can't. It, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have the, the third generation. But I feel like when I turn on, there's some setting I have that when I turn it on, it literally just makes you, like, you know, the feeling of being in your head. Like, you're just in your yeah. head. And I'm just uncomfortable with that. So, right. I always, like, take one headphone out or I turn off the setting. Like, sometimes they're just too much for me. It makes me feel, like, a little more anxious because mm-hmm. then I don't know if someone is, like, 
coming up behind me or like if I don't hear anyone or like yeah today someone's like I was yelling your name and I'm like okay well <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yeah so hopefully I can get my normal ones fixed or buy a new pair I literally just bought a new pair in December oh yeah. my ones I think they were stolen out of my bag oh. on my walk home from work like a person walking by you Probably. I literally couldn't find them anywhere. And they were in my, like, outside pocket. Dang. So, like, it, it easily could have happened. Because I was like, right when I buy them, I know I'm going to find them. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, do you want the pros? And I was like, eh, I don't need them. But I'm <laughs> so glad I didn't get them. <laughs> oh, my but goodness. I deduced it. I think I wear my AirPods at least five hours every day at work. Yeah. I, I think I do like, that, too. all day. I used to. Because if I'm... Yeah. Well, like, before I had, like, my little work crew, I used to wear them all eight mm-hmm. hours. But now that we actually have conversations, it's, like, five. Maybe not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, if I'm stressed, I, like, put on my AirPods, like, get in my own little world, mm-hmm. like, calm myself down. I'm like, I am good. I listen to audiobooks at work all the time. Yeah. Guys, I just finished my 20th book of 2022. Oh, Yay. And my my goal is 50 books this year. Oh, you're almost there. Yeah, I'm on track. I'm current. But my problem is I read like three or four books at a time. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I just feel like I have different books for different things. Like I have like always a motivational business one, but I can't listen to or like read that all the time. Then I have like a health one. And then I have, like, a novel, and then I have, like, a murder novel. Oh, my goodness. You need to stick to one book at a time so you can really, like, grasp yeah. it. I think I'm going to I'm gonna try and finish my one book this weekend. It's, it's called Eliza Starts a Rumor. It's a very, like, easy, like, girly, mm. simple novel. But it's cute, so. Yeah. We'll see. How was your uh, Memorial Day? Should we recap for the listeners? Yes, it was good. Um, I had my brother-in-law's high school grad party. So that was fun. Um, And it was like a beautiful weekend. Mm -hmm. So I was dog sitting. The greyhounds, how are they? Yes, they were good. They were, they're just so chill. Like they don't want to do anything. Um, But our one friend Paige came over. We laid out like, I literally didn't do that much, but I was just, like, drained from so much, like, yeah. small talk. <laughs> um, how about you? It was, it was chill. Um, I really didn't do much either. I, like, just rested. I needed it. And then mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling well on Tuesday, so I kind of had, like, a four-day break from work. Right. So it was good. But I'm kind of longing for another, you know. Right. Yeah. Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So on Friday, mm-hmm. so you guys, I don't drink that much. And if I do, I drink like a glass of wine or like a cocktail, but like that's it. I'm like such a lightweight. But Friday, I was like, you know what? Let's have some drinks. And th- literally two days before, I told our friend, I was like, I think if I drank more, I would shop more because I would just purchase more things (laughs) so i went on white white fox oh yes and saturday morning i had the confirmation email (laughs) did you buy a lot 
I just bought a new sweatsuit. Okay, okay. But it was spurred on by Seth saying, you should buy a sweatsuit. And I was like, okay, now, say less. Now, was Seth also drunk with you? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I still feel like a little guilty every time I like get an update on it. But I'm like, eh, he said whatever. He, I mean, he said yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm so excited. I got the Heather Gray um their fourth edition one. Oh, cute. I feel like you get, like, the neutral color ones, and I'm over here getting green, blue, yellow. <laughs> Literally. I want the, like, I want a color one, but I don't know how much. I, I mean, I would wear it. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think. If I could have all of them. But... Yeah, I know. The last one I got was uh, the navy blue with orange lettering. I just want to get uh-huh. this. I need to get the sweatpants to match it. I really like that one the most. Guys, their sweatpants are unmatched. Yeah. Like, they're so comfy. I also need to get a pair of essential sweatpants to match my Mm -hmm. essential hoodies. I have a lot of those. I realize, like, I need to stop. How many do you have? Four. Oh, okay. (laughs) Two knits and then two regular. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I follow a style page on IG that tells me every time they're on sale, and I just jump on them. Just, I mean, that works. That's helpful. And I'm kind of scared that, like, when I start making, like, big money, that I'm going to start yeah. buying purses. Because you can't believe, like, these are <sighs> Saks Fifth Nordstrom, all real. Like, yeah. these purses are, like, 30 to 50% off. Like, I'm never going to buy a purse on sale because okay, of this page. We need the link to this. Yes, I love her page. It's, like, BK Deals or something. But, like, it's all authentic. So, it's, like, good. Not supporting nothing crazy. That's- but it's on yeah. Nordstrom. And the thing about it, it's like an adrenaline rush because you have, once you see her post it, you have to buy it <laughs> because they sell out so quick. That's like the, I used to love that and now I don't. <laughs> like before it mattered, I literally, there was a point where I realized like, sorry, I realized like I literally get a dopamine hit when I tap my card and yeah. I buy things. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not happening. <laughs> like, where, where's the line? Hey. But it's, I, the other, or last weekend, I was like, okay, literally my only hobby is shopping. Mine too. It's <laughs> like, I swear. And eating. Oh my gosh. Yes, of course. Um, I got a dress from Abercrombie last weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like their sport dress. What are like one of their like fitness ones? Uh huh. And I swear it is the most comfortable thing in the world. Oh. Like I tried the Outdoor Voices one. They're like a new cutout one, and I like wasn't obsessed with it. And I am like, this one was like seventy bucks, and I literally want like three more. Oh my goodness, you sound like me. <laughs> and I'm not like a dress person. I literally don't have any dresses. But as we say, we shop for running errands. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect Aaron dress. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Saturday tomorrow. I can wear my dress. Like, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so you should get one. Okay, we'll look into it. <laughs> She's like, never. Okay, but the um, topic of today's podcast, we are going to be doing an advice segment. Yes, yes. So, um, some of you guys wrote into us. We have some more like general questions. 
And yeah, we'll just kind of go back and forth reading the questions and give you guys our advice. Ivy, you want to start? Okay, so our first little question is, how do I deal with the adjustment of post-grad life? What is it like? What if I don't even know what job I'm going to do or slash want to do? Okay, <laughs> a lot to unpack. <laughs> Read the first part of it again. Okay, um, so she goes, how do I deal with the adjustment of post-grad life? You know, then, yeah, so. Yeah, I feel like you have to just know, and like, what is it like? You have to know it's different. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously there's, like being in college and not being in college, but I feel like there's the aspect of like, there are so many things as an adult that like, yes, in college you had to like pay rent and do your bills and do those things. But like, there's another level of just like shit you have to do as an adult that like Mm -hmm. no one asks to do. And after work, you just like have to spend hours doing random things. Um, But I also feel like it doesn't have to be daunting unless you make it daunting. Yeah. And, like, for me, um, my little jump into post-grad life is just a break because I'm going back to school. But what I've learned so far is that it's hard at first, but also um, I think, especially at the age we are now, it kind of allows us to kind of test the waters and, like, maybe Mm -hmm. the first thing you do is a 9-to-5 job. And then, like me, I found out I actually hate this shit. Like, I don't want (laughs) to do this anymore. (laughs) Right. Like, it's it's hard at first. Like, it's hard, but you get adjusted. And then you start figuring out how you want the rest of your life to look. Because then you start getting around people who are older. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm 23. and don't want to be like that. So what do I need to do now to change it, you know? And And it's, yeah. I mean, I feel like a big part of it is, like, You just get experience by literally living and doing Mm day-to-day things and you realize what you don't like and you might not know like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. But it's like, oh, I know these are aspects I don't like. And I think something that's really helped me, I've mentioned this before, just like I read a lot of like celebrity memoirs Mm -hmm. and realizing that like we're so young and we don't have to be doing the most amazing thing right now. Yeah. I think with social media, it's hard to be like, oh my gosh, Emma Chamberlain is younger than me and she's doing all these things. And it's like, no, we can be young and be figuring it out and doing stupid mm-hmm. shit. And like, and I don't know. Social media does a good job. I mean, I'll talk about this forever. Social media does a good mm-hmm. job of exemplifying these like extraordinary cases of like 23 year old millionaires off of social media. Yeah. And it's like, we all can't be 23 year old millionaires off of YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a their grind and that's gonna be their thing and that you gotta find your own thing. And also like yeah, I also believe to because um to add on to the question like what if I don't know what to do, I feel like us, especially young people, we're so multi talented and multi facet mm-hmm. that it's okay to try new things and new jobs. Yeah. Like me personally, like I want to go to law school I want to be a lawyer but that's not gonna be the end like I have dreams of like opening a business one day or like Mm -hmm. you know I love social media I look fashion like maybe I'll venture into that later like it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be one life career path you know yeah I think that's a big thing too and I've 
I feel like, especially in high school, I was like, and I'm trying to get out of this mindset of being like, what box do I fit in? Mm-hmm. And especially like, I mean, the aspect of like style in high school, I was like, okay, I'm preppy. I can't wear anything that's not preppy or whatever. <laughs> like, guys, it's a literal nightmare. I know. <laughs> but I like, <laughs> okay, yes. I like had this moment. I just remember thinking, being like, this is what I am. And I have to, <laughs> you guys need to see Ivy space right now. <laughs> But there's, like Ivy said, the aspect of, like, you can be multifaceted and you can be doing one thing, but, Mm -hmm. like, something, I don't know. You can have so many angles, you don't fit into one box, and that's good, and you don't need to. Yeah. And, like, if you work one job, it doesn't mean that's your yeah aspects of every person of that job like a lot of people doing that job might like if you're in accounting they might be like quiet and like reserved and like really smart but it's like you could be super outgoing and like you don't have to fit into these molds that we think of Mm -hmm. when you think of certain jobs and knowing that like so many jobs are out there that we don't know exist yeah like before I got my job right now I didn't know that it was a thing and like I had never really thought about it, and I love it. I mean, aspects. <laughs> and it's like, okay, if I didn't know this existed, what else is out there? Yeah, and, like, I, I've i gotten into, like, just, like, planning. I don't know. Like, I, my whole dream is to be a lawyer, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who I always look for a plan B, C, D, whatever. And I started <laughs> looking into tech, and I didn't realize, yeah. like, there's a lot of tech jobs that don't require you to go to college you just need to do uh-huh. some certifications and then get some like you just do those certifications get a very high paying job as a project yeah. manager like that's uh-huh. crazy to me but I never knew that was a thing like wow yeah and it's just doing research and knowing like what's out there mm-hmm. and I think like like LinkedIn is a great resource well I guess okay I'll read my next question which literally feeds into this and it's just like how to know what career to go into if you're in a job you don't like mm-hmm. and so it's like I mean as we were saying in your first job after college like no one I mean it's so rare that people stay in their first job yeah after college. and I think they're I also think it's very generational like a lot of our parents generations have stayed at the same place for a long time and that's fine but it's different and we don't have to be pigeonholed into being like well, you chose this. Now you have to say it. Yeah. And I feel like our generation is popularizing the, there's one thing that says no one should stay at a job more than like two years or five mm-hmm. years max because you're, we should be allowed to go and like test out new things, new waters. Like I spoke to an attorney that I got connected to from a friend mm-hmm. of a friend and I was telling her about the job I'm at now. And she told me, it, I mean, it's up to you. This was her word. It's up to you. But I feel like, you should be at a different law firm every three months. Just keep, yeah. So because she was like, that's how you figure out what type of law you want to do. Like, you did this one, go do another one. You did this one until it's But time. I think, and the biggest part of that is being willing to not know what you're doing and being so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And also just like stepping into like fear in that because- Obviously, we can't grow if you're not challenged, but there's the aspect of, like, switching jobs that I feel like people don't really talk about. It's that it's, like, that's so stressful, and, like, it's 
for a lot of people, I think it's easier to stay at a job that's okay than like take the risk. Mm -hmm. But it is knowing that like, and I, part of me is, I mean, I guess realizing, but it's just like, life is so challenging in every stage and it's not like you just get a job and it's fine. And like, it does affect you in so many ways, but that is just part of life. And the more that you experience the better you are. So like you might as well just challenge yourself, even though it literally can really suck and like be so stressful. I don't know. So it's just knowing that like, and going back to your question of like what it's like post-grad, like I think it's much more comfortable than I imagined because there's a lot of situations that like I didn't ex- like, I kind of just assumed like, Oh, I'll get in a job mm-hmm. and it'll be great. And it's like, I get so stressed out and nervous and like these yeah. are things I wasn't prepared for. No, I agree. It's just I don't know, just I think the best advice to like summarize it is just take a leap into something you think you're interested in, test it out and then move on. Like we right. we need to abandon the idea that we have to stay somewhere for 10 5 10 15 years to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. No, our peers are out there dropping jobs every 2 years and getting paid more and more and more and just figuring life out you know all right so our next person asks how do you know when a friendship isn't good for you anymore or how do you deal with friendship breakups oh (laughs) my gosh i swear to you guys i was gonna tell you this not recording but whatever i had a dream that i hugged the person we had a friendship breakup with like out of nowhere Oh my goodness. Well, we didn't really have a breakup. It was just like a fizzle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how do we deal with these things? I mean, I have been through them. Oh, for sure. Um, do you want to start? <laughs> okay, I think for me, the big thing is just knowing that, like, friendships ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And there is... I literally have a quote. I don't I don't know if I can find it. But it's just like some it's about friendships and like some friendships are forever, some are for a season, some teach you things. And I never really thought about that. I kind of always was like, oh, friends are like brighter eyes mm-hmm. forever. And like where I grew up, I have a lot of the same friends since I was like four. Like our best friend Paige. We've been great friends since we were four. And like in high school, we weren't super close. But yeah. We've still been friends. And then like reconnected later. But there is the aspect for me where I was like, oh, we've been friends for ever all through high school <laughs> or like 10 years. Like we'll be friends forever and like picturing people in my wedding. But then there's the point of like, and I've had to realize like, it's not always, I always would think like, oh, they're not talking to me because I did something. And like, that's a them issue. And like, I think a lot of it can be more like ghosting mm-hmm. and like not getting back. I think that, at least for me, is what I've experienced more than like, oh my gosh, this is a huge breakup. But mm-hmm. like, okay, we just don't talk much. And then it kind of fizzles out when mm-hmm. you talk at all. Um, but I think for that, it's just realizing like you can only reach out as many times as you can reach out. A friendship is too a friendship's a relationship at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like it's a two way street, and knowing like yes, some people 
communicate in different ways and like not everyone might be the one to like call you all the time or whatever but there is an element of like if they want to see you they'll make the effort yeah and so you have to be able to then put aside and be like is this only hurting me I don't know so it's just kind of that aspect of like they have other stuff going on that I might not know about anymore Mm -hmm. I used to be in the know and that's okay because we're not who we were when we met. Just like accepting growth in other people, I think, is mm-hmm. the biggest aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, to add my own spin, I feel like me personally, I, mm-hmm. I, it's something I'm working on. But like, I remember like in college, I'm saying it like it was like five years ago. But like literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> my junior year of college, I kind of realized like, you know what? Like, I'm not really a good friend. Oh, but my God. No, I mean, just thinking about it, like, I literally have, like, a whole sit down with myself in my room. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I just realized, like, I don't think I'm, like, the best friend because I'm the type of person where, like, I'm fine with not communicating. But it's not because of, like, someone did something to me. It's just, like, the way, like, I was raised, I guess. And, like, right. I my friends in high school, like, we were friends, but it was never, like, a deep down conversation where it's like mm-hmm. they I could say 100% like oh you knew you know everything about me when it's just like you know right. so when I got to college and I started like making these bonds and I'm like and everyone's like why are you not talking to me or like why and it's <laughs> like I'm like I'm like I'm it's not like I don't know how to describe it. it's just like I don't know I, I think I'm ingrained which is really bad I'm trying to like fix it I think I'm ingrained mm-hmm. in my mind that every relationship is set to fail, which is a bad thing to have. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of getting better at being a better friend. Like I try to reach mm-hmm. out more. I, I try to send out, hey, thinking of you, text. Like, yeah, you know. But like for me, deep down, I think it's like my special sixth sense. Like I mm-hmm. can tell when things are off. Like right. I can tell if the vibes are different. Like. How you, like, for example, like, how a friend used to greet me before, I can tell, okay, you're not doing that no more. Or how I used to find out for things, like, I used to be the first person, you know, you tell, and then now I'm hearing it from someone else, you know? Yes. So that's how I know that the friendship is starting to, like, you know, disband a little bit. Yeah. And then then I start, me personally, I start falling back, too, because then it's like, okay. Well, because then it's like, well, how much am I going to invest in this? Yeah. And And I think we're opposites in that mm -hmm. way that I would then be like, oh my gosh, it's my job to fix this. Mm -hmm. And like, I need to go in, which then almost hurts me more because I get no response. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I start to put it on me. I'm like, what did I do? Whereas you're just like, eh, it's not gonna, Mm -hmm. if it's not gonna go anywhere, why would I put an effort? Mm -hmm. Which I think we need a middle ground. (laughs) But there's the elements of both that I think are good in ways to know that like sometimes it's if it's not a friendship that's like yeah so deep then why would you put an F I don't know and it's also like I feel like you can like you said earlier like friendship is a two-way street if I feel like yeah. I'm putting in uh 50% and you're only putting in 25 why would I want to do that yes. I would prefer friendships where we both put in a hundred percent because I know that's like the that's us 
belonging to Ashley were instead of I feel like yes. oh, I'm doing all of this for you and then you know that's when thoughts start to roll like oh, I'm yep. I'm the only one calling she doesn't text me first and then you know and I think along with the communication because especially like like we're at, out of college mm-hmm. like we don't live by a lot of our friends communication is a big part but then I also think like depth of conversation is another part mm-hmm. like Yes, sometimes it takes time to, like, especially if you don't live in the same place, like, to get to the place where you have deep conversations, Mm -hmm. but be willing to provide spaces for that. Or, like, even when we went to New York, like, Mm -hmm. we went to dinner one night and at this (laughs) Italian restaurant and, like, cried and talked for, like, an hour with our friend Paige, and it was, like, it wasn't planned, of course, but it's, like, okay, this is the environment for that. Mm -hmm. Like, we all need this. But I'm not going to call you and just be like, oh, my gosh, I need to talk like this. You have to have the environment. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like me, I, like, I I don't, it's kind of weird. Like, I want people to know, like, I am, like, with all the friendships I have, the ones that dissolve, the ones that are, like, rocky, like, if someone Mm -hmm. ever needs me, like, don't hesitate to call. Like, I'm not an evil person that will be like, Oh, we're not friends anymore. Don't help me. Like I will forever be there for you because of the yes. relationship we had. But like, just playing off that, like I feel like if someone was to call me, like I need to like try to dump on you right now. I I think it's just because I'm a good listener. Sorry guys, but like <laughs> I yes. I like to listen, and I'm like okay. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I think there's the element of also just like people are in different seasons at different times. And I think live or like in college together, there's so many similarities, but then there gets to a point where it's like, we're at different stages Mm -hmm. or even like, I mean, this goes into like relationships with like family and other things, but being like, we can't, not that we can't relate, but there is an element of like, we don't have as much in common anymore. So it feels like a little more work. Yeah. And like, a lot of times that's great, especially with family. I mean, you have to put that in, but sometimes with some friends, it's like, what are we going to have in common again? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what are the things that held our friendship together and where are we now? And I think having, like you were saying, conversations with yourself mindfully being like, what do I want? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. And not that you have to like kick people out <laughs> or not be with people, but be like, are they getting pointing me to where I want to go mm-hmm. and just being mindful of like who you're around and how it affects your mood. Because at this point, I mean, especially working, it's like, I don't want to be around people who are going to make me feel negative all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I need the mood boosters. <laughs> no, and it's just like, I, I, you know, I'm a person like I'm quick to just ice somebody out. It's not, it's not a good habit, but like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't attach quickly mm-hmm. or I don't attach I feel like my attachment levels to people depends on like how long I see this going which is bad but mm-hmm. like you can tell when I start detaching because I just fall back really <laughs> and I just stop giving you yeah I kind of go back to when you first meet me like you saw this fun <laughs> you size. like revert to original yeah and then it's just like oh, okay just, like just quiet I be when you know like that's not you at all but I guess you know. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Should we go to our next question? Yes. Okay. So this one says, "I." how do you know he's the one? So I guess this is for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ivy, I want your input as well. Um, so you guys have been married almost a year. Um, I feel like I'll keep this one short because it's not very exciting, but I think it just has to be easy. Like that's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. Like if everything in a relationship is a struggle, like something isn't Mm-hmm. And not that everything is like rainbows and butterflies all the time, but especially when you first start dating, if it's like hard work and you're always talking through other people and like, oh my gosh, well, he said this to me and mm-hmm. she said this to me. It's like, where's your communication? Yeah. And you just have to have the same values. Like if you're going in the same place, because I mean, when you get married, you literally commit to loving who they are mm-hmm. in 50 years. And so it's the aspect of like, are we on the same trajectory? Yes or no? Awesome. Like I'm guys, I'm so cut and dry with these things <laughs> that I'm just like, take it or leave it. And if not, I don't want the messiness. Mm-hmm. Like, see ya. That's yeah. my take. Okay, so my take. I, this question is so funny, but like, I know. Okay, so me. Per- I also think there's multiple people you could. <laughs> I will just say, like, you could be, you could make it work with people. It just depends how much work you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be easy with some people or, okay, sorry. Go no, on. no, no, but for, I guess from my side, um, I feel like, because I mean, my coworkers actually talk about this all the time, but like, what mm-hmm. I always say, like, I feel like I will know my, he is the one when I can feel easy around them. Yeah, like I, you know me, buddy. Like I am not the easiest person to like get close to. Like I'm a big mm-hmm. player on vibes, but I feel, if I feel like mm-hmm. it's so movie esque, but like if I finally meet the person, I'm like, okay, maybe I can like open up the first time. You I have to be able to let your guard down, mm-hmm. and it's just a vibe, and it's just like, is this easier? Is this not? Mm-hmm. Like when I met Seth I like I actually was telling the story last night but like I was gonna we worked at the same summer camp and I was gonna like put on kind of a cute outfit but I was supposed to do yard work all day and I was like you know what I'm gonna look the ugliest I possibly can and take it or leave it like either like it or you don't and I mean it obviously works but you have to be really fully yourself because if not like the people who are like I can't even sneeze in front of him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, no. I need to be my person. I have to be 100% me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking about some things that, like, the closest people don't know about me. You have right. to know. Or, like, you have to see my flaws and you have to accept yeah. them. Also, I kind of feel like, like you said earlier, if your goals match, like, like I feel like a lot of people like to date down. I'm not saying, like, yeah, yeah but, like, find someone who matches you and that you know that in 50 years you're going to be happy and you're not going to be on the phone with your best friend did you hear what john did he he's like, <laughs> and it's like well if you you know didn't you know like yeah and communicate also i feel like the person i want has to be a good communicator because mm-hmm. i suck so it's like oh my <laughs> like you said i think the big part of it Oh, shit. I just lost my train of thought. Okay. I I mean, it's just, like, being yourself and knowing Mm -hmm. that, like, 
Oh yeah, like you were saying like people date down. Like, mm-hmm. When we look at ourselves, we evaluate ourselves very, very, very harshly. And so it's like, oh, I could never be with that person. Mm-hmm. Could, and it's like, go for it. Like you never know. And like people put on a face and that's not always who they are. And so it's really just like committing to get to know someone. And I mean, the vibe is huge. Okay. I also, sorry, last thing. <laughs> I think there is a point of like, yes, there are deal breakers, but there's also the point of like, everyone ebbs and flows in life. And like, everyone has different seasons where like, you feel better about this or you feel better about certain things. And if you know someone and you love someone, you can't judge them on, like, one season of their life. Mm-hmm. And, like, knowing that – not I'm not trying to say this, like, anything big or bad has happened. But I think <laughs> I've heard in, like, a lot of relationships, it's like, well, they did this. And it's like, okay, but you know their character. And, like, yeah, their character is showing that they're not a good person. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be easy for people to just be like, well – and, like, doubt a lot of things. Yeah. But knowing that, like, no one's perfect. And, like, exactly. Too. And people change. Like, you might have been a sucky yes. person, like, three years ago. But if you're a great person now and I see that you did the change, then I'm glad. Well, and then that shows that, like, they're going to continue mm-hmm. to change. Like, there is growth. So, But to add on okay. to, like, yeah. my last tidbit. But to add on to, like, the, the date down thing. And just from, like, what I've heard is, like, especially my coworker she's dealing with this now but like Uh she feels like he's the one but she doesn't feel like in the next 20 30 years that he's going to change from what because they've been well on and off since high school they're not together now they're just like i guess i don't know i don't know what i'm not being a label but like her concern is that he is going to be Hey, Khalil is going to be Khalil forever, and she does. Right. She wants to grow. She wants to change, and she's afraid that if she like, you know, gets serious with this, like, it is going to be a downgrade from what she's going to be like in the future right. because he's not showing and I think any that's growth. Really, yeah, and that, that's a big thing. <laughs> but and I think it's a thing a lot of people deal with is like you don't know who you're going to be, so you don't know. And that, I don't know. And then at the end of the day, it's like, you can't have the perfect person. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all human. And like, you just have to have someone like in that situation. Like, Well, if he will commit to you and saying like, no, these are things. And not necessarily being like, I know I'll change this much. Mm -hmm. But being like, no, I see us here together. And like, even having a goal of like, we want to build our own house or we want to have financial freedom. Like if you have those goals, which most of us do, you're going to have to make changes to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and then that's inevitable. Yeah. Okay. Should we go to our <laughs> next one? Okay. You. It's you, right? I did the last... Oh, it is me. No, yeah. Okay. Here So they say, any advice on someone trying to get back in shape for the summer? It's summer. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
we need to get rid of the concept of being fit for summer. Yeah. And like being fit for other people and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is the time other people are going to see me. So I need to do this because that's the motivation that you won't see progress. Mm -hmm. And it's really just knowing like, what you want personally and like if you want a six pack let's go like all day let's get on that you know what I mean and that's great but if it's four like I think it comes down to motivation yeah and if you're like I'm not pretty enough or skinny enough then you're just gonna pick yourself apart but if your mindset looking in the mirror is like my body does so many things for me this is like then you see more results because your mindset is healthier. Mm-hmm. You have to do it for yourself. You can't do it for yeah. like, oh, I'm, I need to look good for the beach because I think other people are going to look at me. And also, like, it's, it's summer. Like, just just get ready now so you can have a good winter bod. Like, just. Right. And like, <laughs> you can be healthy. I mean, if you want to be healthy, what I would just say is like, think about what you put in your body. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, be mindful before you eat and being mm-hmm. like, okay, am I giving my body nutrients so that I can walk to work today? Like, am I giving myself enough water so I don't have a headache? And just getting it down to, like, the most granular level. Because for me, it's, like, for I never thought about what I put in my body. And that even mindset shift was like, oh, this ice cream isn't really doing anything mm-hmm. for me. And it's the mindless eating. And just the act of like going on a walk every day for 30 minutes, like help can help your mental health so much. Mm-hmm. And just framing it as like, how do I help my body help me? Because when your body is healthy, you feel better and you have more clarity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my take. I just feel like you need to do it for yourself. Like don't do it yeah. because it's summer. Do it because you want to. Like I'm on my little health journey, but I'm doing it because I actually want to get you know I just yes. I think about the future I'm like oh I don't want to deal with problems stemming yeah. from eating too much sugar or you know that's why but I'm then like, it's like yeah and you have to have the motivations and there's a level of like like I try not to eat sugar but if I really want ice cream I'm gonna eat ice true cream. yeah like I'm gonna eat a burger yeah like there's a level of like yes let's be healthy but if you put all these restrictions on yourself, it makes it worse. Yeah. Like what resists persists and like eat what you want to eat. Just eat it in moderation or <laughs> yes. like workout in moderation. And I'm not a healthcare professional in anything that I'm saying, <laughs> but like for me, the big, the biggest thing is just like moderation. And then it helps you feel better no matter what time of year it is. Yeah. Just don't limit yourself. Do it for what you want to do it for. And just mm-hmm. take it one day at a time. You don't give yourself like, I have to be 130 pounds by September. It's not going to happen if you do that. Just right. take your time. Okay. Should we do one or two more? Um, Sure. Let's pick the one. I have to. Let's do. I think your last one is what we should do. Yeah. I, I wanted to do that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just going to do one more. Okay. All right, so the last question of today is what to do if some of your family members are toxic, yet you're the, they're your family. You want to start? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I <laughs> Okay, 
So one hundred percent of them isn't afraid. Like I love my family. I really do. I I wouldn't trade them for the world, but I would trade some of their characteristics. Um, That's fair. I I feel like yeah. I'll just be honest. Like I have a toxic family. Like it is. It took me a long time to realize that because mm-hmm. in high school that's all you know. But then when I came to right. college, and then some of my friends were like. Uh, no I don't have those issues I'm like this shit's not normal like uh, right <laughs> okay so that's when I started to realize like this shit isn't good like I mm-hmm. remember me and my brother having conversations and we were like we did not grow up like how our friends grew up and then it kind of deep dive into us like looking into like our parents background like my dad comes mm-hmm. from a super toxic family like super versus uh-huh. my mom who really doesn't but they have their problems too but it's not on the same scale as yeah. my dad but like watching him interact I always ask him like why are you still talking to this person even though you know they crashed your car or blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like it's yeah my, it's my brother like it's it's me right so therapy I would say Yes. Something yeah. I recommend. It's something me and my brother kind of want to go into because what I've realized is like the way you are brought up and the way you experience life in your childhood is what shapes you as an adult, which yes. kind of leads to like why I feel like, oh, I don't attach to people or why I don't trust people or why I don't rush into relationships, friendship, mm-hmm. and like romantic. Like it's because of what I witnessed during my developmental points. Mm -hmm. And, like, with toxic family, what I've kind of been doing to myself is, like, I have my moments where I'm, like, God, it's, like, why, especially in college, it was, because, you know, buddy, but, like, it was always the, why do I have these problems when my other friends don't? And I realized God probably gave this to me to teach me some kind of lesson Mm -hmm. during the end of the road. That was kind of, like, a rant, but, like, no, I think it's. (laughs) It's true, and I think it's a good perspective, and like you said, I think therapy is a huge, huge thing, mm-hmm. and for me, it's boundaries, yeah. um, and just knowing that, like you said, this is something I've been super, super interested in recently. I've read like three books on it. My two favorites are Good Morning Monster and What Happened to You, mm-hmm. and it's just about trauma and childhood and how everyone is doing the best they can with what they came from. And like you are a product of your environment. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to be, it's hard to be emotionally intelligent enough to say, I'm acting like this because of this. Mm -hmm. Like in a couple weeks, I'm going on a family vacation and we're going somewhere that like some traumatic things have happened for me. And like, not insane, like a pretty small scale, but I still, when I go there, I have these reactions. Like Mm -hmm. I get really tense and I'm, I'm not the best version of myself. And this hasn't happened for years. I know it's a safe space, but I just have to like the last week, I've just been like closing my eyes and picturing myself there and being like, I'm calm. I'm relaxed. Like, because you don't want it to be cyclical because the last thing I want to do is then lash out at a family member who's done nothing wrong. But it's like, because I have hurt, I'm going to act this way. But it's taking the time to be like, I don't know, setting that boundary. But I also think, I guess the question was like how to 
deal with it. For me, it was more difficult when I wasn't an adult. And I think now it's a little different because I'm able to set the boundaries, which has also been hard. Um, But there's the element of like, I can only put myself in situations this much because I'm healing myself. Like I went to therapy for a long time and figuring out like, let me heal a little more before I see you all the time because it's almost too fresh of a wound Mm -hmm. and like making sure that you have, you're in a stable place before you put yourself in that situation. Yeah. And like me, I think, I, I really, my goal is to find a therapist so I can start that healing process. Mm-hmm. But I think my issue is that, like, like, like I said, like, I I love my parents to death. I wanted to pursue yeah. But, like, I'm still in that environment where it's, like, yeah. know, it's, like, the best way to describe it is, like, it's bipolar. Like, one day it's great. Mm-hmm. I love being home. I love living with my parents. And then the next day I'm, like... I need to go. Like, I need to move to another right. state. I need to, like, move away and forget everybody and only talk to my brothers. But it's, like, I need to – I feel like me, I need to set my boundaries, and I feel like that's probably why I keep uh-huh. trying to go to colleges far away from home. <laughs> and I feel like once I leave that nest, I guess, I will uh-huh. get better. Because since coming back home and realizing – this is not how things are supposed to be. It kind of hurts my mental because it's like, right. when I was in Tennessee, I had my peace. I had my boundaries. I didn't have to yes. answer the phone. I just right. was like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I was more happy. I realized that I was, even though school sucked, I was more happier mm-hmm. in another area because I could set my boundaries and right. still have a good relationship with them. But now I'm back home and it's like, no boundaries because you could just walk into well, and you had and you had your own space mm-hmm. and I almost think like our our traumas <laughs> like our issues it's like I almost think of like mine or like active and passive and mm-hmm. like mine has been like I can isolate that it's this one person mm-hmm. this, and I can set super clear boundaries with that one person and not necessarily them but like the people around me like I don't want to see them unless this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And so it's very, it's almost simple in that way. Whereas for you, it's a little more like you're always in it and you mm-hmm. don't always, not that you don't know when it's coming, but it's harder to set those boundaries because you're like, you're not like, oh, I have peace until this. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just bipolar. Like it's weird to describe, yeah. but this is how it's always been my entire life. Like we'll have mm-hmm. our good moments and then something will set them off. Or something yeah. will just shake the room, shake the table. One person affects the other person, and then it like mm-hmm. trauma dumps on the kid. Like I dealt with a right. lot of that. But like I said, guys, healing is what we need to do. I'm still. Well, dealing. and I think it's a lot of like educating ourselves and mm-hmm. knowing like what's a normal response mm-hmm. and learning like, oh, I do this because of. Or I can't blame this person because they must have had trauma in their past. And almost switching it to, like, empathy. But it takes so much work to get to that place. And for me, like, reading has really helped in opening my mind of, like, not everyone is like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I expect, or for so long I've expected, like, 
I think this way. Everyone thinks this way. Everyone communicates this mm-hmm. way. And it's like, no, they don't. Like, mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited. I'm going to read. I put it on hold at the library. Oh. It's called um, <laughs> It's called Quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they interviewed the author and armchair expert this week, but it's about introverts mm-hmm. and, like, how they process. Just <laughs> Ivy right there. Please. Um, Let me and I'm this just book. Ex- Literally, I'm excited to just learn about the way other people think. And that's a big thing for me because, I mean, I think that's growing. But it's just being like, oh, their responses are like this for other reasons. And I think mindfulness comes down to healing and setting boundaries, meditation, and also the aspect of, like, you're going to get through it and, like, every it'll be okay. 100%. And it's easy to think, like, it's so dark and, like, there's so much coming down at once but knowing like there'll be better days like even a hard day is 24 hours and like you're growing through this you're learning and like it's all part of the human experience yeah and like for me I'm especially good like with my health and like with my family mm-hmm. situation one thing I always tell myself is like it's gonna be a better day tomorrow next week yeah it's it's going to get better and there will be a time where things will return back to peace like just keep moving there's no point in me yeah. just sitting here just frustrated sad because of this situation when I know like I'm gonna get over it sooner or later it's okay mm-hmm. and also just knowing like it's it's not I don't I don't want to like it's not their fault like it's just the culture right. we come from it's their upbringing that's another thing I have to like ingrain in myself like the reason mm-hmm. I do this way is because of how you were raised and that's why I act that way because you brought that same you tried I I will say it's better words you tried yeah because I will say like my dad he did get better on how he wanted to treat his kids versus his thing right but he still has that old ingrained from his childhood that he kind of brings in so it's like you act that way because of your dad and now I act that way yes my dad but and it's knowing that like Everyone is doing the best they can. Yeah. Like, even these people in the book, Good Morning Monster, there's, like, insane abuse. Like, <laughs> these cases they talk about. But it's, like, even though this guy murdered two wives, like, he literally did better than his parents did with him. Like, and he was 22 when this happened. Like, there is so much context, but it still doesn't change the fact that this traumatized you and this mm-hmm. hurt you. And so there's a level of, like, I see you and I empathize for where you came from, but this hurt me and affected me, so how do I deal with it? Yeah, and, like, I always, like, in the back of my mind, I'm always just, like, he has his, like, they have their good moments. I know they love me, and I love them, too. It's just, I just keep saying, like, this is what helped me, and I don't know if it'll help, like, our listeners, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's, it's not their fault. They're still good. At the end of the day, I feel like deep down inside, they still love us. It's just they have to work on themselves but since they're not willing to i need to work on myself to make this better for myself you know couldn't have said it better (laughs) yes it's so true yeah and we're all working on it and i think the the most important thing is even generationally like we are aware and like we're Mm -hmm. all working so hard and like this is gonna pay off whether or not we feel like we're better like you're better for it if you're at therapy, if you're just reading a book, if you're listening to a podcast, like if you're aware enough to know that 
this affects you, you're on the right path. And yeah. like, and I'm excited. I, I just need to find the right therapist to help. Um, better help <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, you know, just, you know, just take it day by day and just know, mm-hmm. like, work on yourself. It will give you a better, like, view on Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, we have more questions, so maybe we'll do a part two, or if anyone else has any questions or queries, please feel free to DM us, email us at talktomebestiepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure that you like, rate, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at talktomebestiepodcast. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.